Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Grant Cohn, joined by Jack Hammer of the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. And the two of us are getting ready for training camp. We both are going to be there, the Niners report, in about a week. So uh, from what I understand, according to Instagram, Debo Samuel showed up at SFO yesterday. So he's in town. And it sounds like, according to rumors and reports on Twitter, that Nick Bosa and his representatives have started negotiations with the 49ers on a contract extension as well. So let's start there, starting with Debo. Do you think he's really acted very confident all offseason? Do you think he's going to bet on himself and sort of continue this trade demand and only accept the highest offer possible? Or do you think he's going to take what the Niners give him? I think he's going to end up getting a deal with the 49ers. I think I don't think he's going to play the season on that on that rookie deal. I think he's going to have something new in place. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, it doesn't seem like I mean, for a guy who requested a trade, it doesn't seem like he's really going to stick to that. And I think maybe he overestimated his um, worth to the rest of the league. Like he was ranked ninth best among wide receivers by his peers and execs and coaches and stuff like that. And you, I mean, we've talked about it. We used to talk about it when we did the film breakdowns. Like for an elite wide receiver, of all the elite wide receivers in the league, he drops the ball the most. Yeah, he, he had a, I remember going through in the beginning of the season, I think he was a double digits at one point. Definitely has had a lot of drop issues last year in the beginning of the year. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, he'd make, he had a lot of big plays and things like that. I, You know, when it comes to, when it comes to Samuel, I, I think he is probably a top 10 receiver. Uh and I think that some of the trade demands, I think he wanted to get the number up to a certain level. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, I think it also plays his his agent, I think, played a role into that, too, because his agent had a lot of these top receivers that were getting big money. And I think he was kind of helping out playing that game with 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 his uh, with his agent as well. Yeah, well, I don't think that he's going to get the top money. I mean, he could hold out another year, not take this contract and prove that he's legitimately a top three wide receiver, not just a top three gadget guy, but I don't think he's going to do it. I think he wants cash now. Um, it just, he is an ex, a, a top offensive weapon, but technically all the work he does behind the line of scrimmage, that's not really being a wide receiver. I mean, that's being like a running back or a punt returner. I mean, the, as far as the work he does beyond the line of scrimmage, it's fair to say he's not top five. And it's fair. And that's not even getting into his history of lower body injuries and maybe coming into camp a little overweight sometimes. So he knows all that stuff. The Niners know all that stuff. I don't think he has that much leverage. I think he's going to take what the Niners offer him, which will be a nice, a nice deal. Yeah, I think it'll be a good deal. I think the thing, you know, we haven't seen Debo Samuel play enough with somebody that can actually throw the ball down the field. Right. And so that's why we've seen him, I think, and, and be having to get so much of that play behind the line of scrimmage is because they haven't had a quarterback that could take the ball down the field and get it to him on a consistent basis. And so he's made plays on the field. But he did quite a bit last year with Trey Lance. Uh, I think they had three, three long touchdown passes between the two of them. Uh, so I, I or two, two of them are long, excuse me, two of the three. So I, I think we're going to see Debo Samuel's game evolve this season as the foreigners offense evolves with Trey Lance. He's definitely an explosive downfield guy. We've seen that. But I think for him to really say he's the best wide receiver in the league, he needs to drop the ball less. Because on third and seven, you might feel better going to Ayuk or Kittle or Jennings. And same in the red zone. I mean, if it's a gotta-have-it play, Debo just might drop the ball. Now, if it's a big play, that's Debo for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 
better than anyone else. But Justin Jefferson, you don't have to really have you don't have those conce- those concerns with him. Um, so anyway, so Debo's still young. Like to see him stop because Jerry Rice that was before my time, but it, I heard he used to drop it and then he kind of stopped. Yeah, he had a lot of problems the first couple of years of his, at least for sure, his first year was, was yeah. he had a lot of drops. It kind of tailed off after that, uh, but he had a ton of drops in 85. And uh, we, we've seen Debo kind of go up and down with that. So, you know, we'll see what what happens this year with uh, with the changes and the way that they're going to utilize them. Um, maybe those numbers can go down for him as well. Real quick, before we move on, do you think that the the fact that Debo's in town negotiating an extension and uh, most likely going to get it before camp starts, do you think that means that Jimmy's going to get moved soon. He's going to he's going to pass that physical. Well, I think they can they can do the Debo deal as it stands right now okay. because he's due to make what just on, just on, around four million dollars this year. Yeah. So if they if they give him a twenty million dollar signing bonus, which is right around what all those top guys have gotten this year, that's only five million dollars or four million dollars if it's a four a five year yeah. deal, right? It can be spread right. out over five years, and uh, so they can make it work and get him under their you know, you know, there's ways that they can easily make it work uh, for yeah. this season, which is Debo. Now that they've done some other things to free up some space. Okay. So after requesting a trade, Debo Samuel probably just going to take what the Niners offer him. Very, very anticlimactic. But there's another guy up for an extension, Nick Bosa, probably going to make a lot more money than Debo Samuel. Hasn't said a freaking word publicly about this uh, or he blocked me on Twitter. So I can't really say for sure. <laughs> but I think he hasn't tweeted about it. Um, do you think Nick Bosa will bet on himself or take the Niners offer? And when I say bet on himself, I, I mean like do what his brother did and just wait until after his fourth year to sign an extension because theoretically, with inflation being what it is, and you might get more money in the future. What do you think? Yeah, the, well, the last thing we heard from from Nick Bosa was that as far as he was, you know, he wasn't worrying about all this this uh, contract stuff, right? He said that um, he was he let his his representation handle that and all that kind of yeah. stuff. As far as him betting on himself, uh, if I was Nick Bosa, given his history, I would think that you know I, I understand that it would, it makes sense that he's going to bet on himself like his brother. But Nick Bosa doesn't have a history of doing it year after year after year. He's been very up and down going back to his time at Ohio he's State. He's not Joey but, Bosa. No, he's well, Nick well, Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he hasn't, he hasn't had back-to-back solid seasons, five, his freshman year, eight, his, his sophomore year, then four, when he got injured, yeah. uh, big, big rookie season, injured, big, yeah. soft, big, uh, big season in year three. So I, I, and when it comes to Nick Bosa, I'd say betting on himself makes the most sense from a, if you, if you, if he feels like he's going to be healthy this year, then do it. But uh, for him, it might make more sense to get that deal done now. Right. Because if he were to not do it now and go back and get injured, which has been his pattern, uh, and if it was a bad injury, it would be like a catastrophic mistake. So I think from his perspective, he has to look at himself as a whole different entity than his brother. And I think what's best for Nick is to cash in right now because he could probably get more next year. But frankly, his stock is sky high. I don't think it could be any higher. And I don't think the Niners are going to be driving much of a hard bargain. I think they're happy to make him the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, the highest paid player on the team, $30 million a year. I just wonder if he – yeah, I think they'll pretty much have – I don't think it's going to be a very difficult negotiation. We know it's going to be a, a, a big a big dollar deal. Um, I think the parameters are already out there. Kind of similar with, with Debo Samuel in a way too. I mean the, the parameters have, have all been set by the guys around them in terms of their, their ability levels. Uh, with Bosa, it's just going to be a, a big number that right now they can't do – you know, they can get Debo done now, but they can't get Bosa done right now because of Garoppolo being on the roster. 
Yeah. That's interesting. And I still, uh, I guess this whole thing with, let's talk about Garoppolo being on the roster real quick. I guess we're all waiting on the Browns. And if, from what I understand, this is how it works. If, if the judge Sue Robinson gives Deshaun Watson any punishment, anything, two games, Roger Goodell can extend it as long as he wants. If she doesn't give him a punishment, right, then nothing the league can do. He's out. I mean, he's 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 free to go to to the Browns and go to camp. So I think I would imagine the judge has already made up her mind, but it's a very touchy subject. I mean, she's going to get criticized one way or another, and she's probably going to she's probably already written thirty pages of her explanation, but she's probably going to release it maybe in a week. But she has to do it before training camp in case she decides that the league can't punish Watson and got to give him a chance to go to camp. So I guess that's where we're at right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, kind of stuck in a holding pattern on, on the Browns, at least. And that doesn't sound, you know, the, from the reports that I'm hearing and you're hearing from the same ones, I'm sure, you know, it could be anywhere from two to eight games. That's I don't think that's enough for them to to want to move on a, a Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it would have to be a full season suspension, really, in order for them to make a move there. But again, from what I understand, if the judge says eight games, Goodell could say, great, now it's a, now it's a, a year. And then okay. Deshaun Watson sues. And then it yeah. gets really, really weird. So I'm not exactly sure. Maybe the Niners feel like uh, the Browns are just going to, you know, trade for Jimmy in a week. Maybe this is all going to get resolved next Tuesday. I don't know. Uh, if not, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's going to be weird what Lynch and Parag are going to have to say to Bosa and Debo's agents. Look, guys, we just don't have the money. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we thought we'd have it, but um, can we write you a check? <laughs> there you go. Can we, well, can we can we write you a check? We'll date it for next uh, next January. Don't cash this until next year, please. <laughs> okay, Colin Cowherd made my day. He had a new opinion about Jimmy Garoppolo. Colin Cowherd thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is the most underrated player in the NFL. Most underrated player in the NFL, which is bold. So I figured if you didn't watch the four minutes. I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't want to. I, I, I outlined his six main points. We can go through them. Yeah, let's back. do it. First thing Colin Cowherd said to justify his argument that Jimmy Garoppolo is the most underrated player in the NFL is that his contract is way under market. Way under market. One year, $27 million, most non most of it non-guaranteed. Well, it is the seventh highest cap hit in the NFL among quarterbacks right now. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. For a quarterback who's, you know, no one would say is better than 15th, maybe 20th. So I would dispute the first claim. <laughs> well, the only the only positive thing with the Garoppolo deal is if you're willing to extend him, it's sure. easy to get it and get it. It's easier to do that with him than it would have been with um, with Baker Mayfield, for example, because of the guaranteed money that was there. So that's true. When it comes to when it comes to Garoppolo, it's a little I think maybe a little bit easier to, to work around it. But uh, I, yeah, definitely. I think that for for. Uh, when it comes to, to Garoppolo, if you're if you're going to eat twenty five and a half million dollars, is what you're going to have to do if you're if you're signing him, training for him. Uh, the Browns are the only team that can do that. Everybody else is going to have to be some kind of an, a sign, a trade and sign kind of deal. And I think the Fournier's have been letting that happen in terms of letting him talk to teams, but uh, definitely changes his market around a little bit. What I love about this is that Cowherd is trying to act like he put these thoughts together himself. Like someone clearly fed him these points. <laughs> And he has he doesn't really quite understand any of them and doesn't really get them 100% correct. But mm -hmm. someone's making a case. Okay, so the contract's way under market. 
I mean, it's a flexible contract. There's things you can do with it, but as is, it's expensive it too. Is. He says seven to eight teams minimum that will need a quarterback next year. Yeah, I mean, that's every year. That was this year, and no one, none of them wanted Jimmy. So I don't know what what I don't know really that what that matters at all, but maybe it will. Yeah, and then he he rattled some off like the Saints, for example. Well, the Saints they signed a quarterback this offseason. They brought a quarterback right. back. Uh, he's going to be on the roster again next year because it was a two-year deal. He's going to they they have fifteen million dollar dead cap hit next year if they if they got rid of Jameis Winston. So, you know, there's there's they always the commanders with there. with Carson Wentz and they said they're going to get rid of Carson Wentz after one year because he makes bad decisions. Yeah. Carson Wentz has a career interception percentage below two. Jimmy Jimmy makes bad decisions, and the the, the commanders already had that choice this off season, and they went with Wentz. It's like anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an interesting one. I don't, you know, I, I don't know of the seven to eight teams. I, I know there'll be teams that are going to be out there that'll be interested in, in Garoppolo, or there, there should be. But, uh, it, I don't know. I, if I was Washington, I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo than Carson Wentz myself. But, that's but, me. you're not. And they had the choice, and they went with Wentz. So anyway, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's keep going on. So number three from Cowherd, Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed Aaron Rodgers and Lambo. And then to prove the point, he said that he was five for six. He was never, he was, that was three years ago. And he was, there were more than six. Th- anyway, he was very confused. But yeah. And, and plus that was at Levi's. So um, mm-hmm. he was confused. Outplayed Rodgers and Lambeau. Did Jimmy outplay Rodgers and Lambeau six months ago? No, I don't think he outplayed them. I think, he, I think they were, I don't think either one of them really played all that well. I think the foreigners got lucky because of the special teams thing and, you know, who knows what would have happened if George Kittle didn't drop the ball over the middle in the beginning. But, no, I don't think he outplayed Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't say that. He said it so matter-of-factly. I wouldn't say that. I mean, Rodgers didn't play great, but Jimmy really didn't play great in that game. I threw a pick in the end zone. The Niners didn't score any touchdowns offensively. Um, it wasn't, yeah. like, one of his best games. Anyway, moving yeah, on. The only, the only game that where Garoppolo played against Aaron Rodgers and he had a decent game, I think, was the 2019 regular season game. Right. That's uh, the, because the, the playoffs, he was only six of eight in that game. Six didn't really have to do a whole lot. So yeah, he said he was five of six. All right, he says that he's actually durable. He only missed two games last year and missed no games in 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's that what made me laugh. That yeah. was good. He's like he making he plays for 95 percent of the time when he's healthy. It was it was like the uh, <laughs> it was, he's he's healthy 90 percent of the time. 60% of the time he's healthy 90% of the time. That's basically what he said. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the that was the one where he lost me for sure. Cause it's like, yeah, he's healthy. He's when he, yeah, for what he's not. When when he's healthy, he plays almost every game. He plays 95% of the time when he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That was, when he's that not was, missing the entire season, he only misses a few games here and there. So right. that was good. I like that one a lot. He also said that the offense is geared towards running. Um, but and that explains why he doesn't throw for more yards and stuff, but he has very efficient stats. Mm-hmm. That is true, but it's geared towards running because he's the quarterback and his stats aren't good in the playoffs. You don't want to talk about that. No, his stats aren't good in the playoffs. I think there's there's some some truth to it and the foreigners are a run team. I mean, but yeah, you know, yeah, no, there's some there's some efficiency there, but the, at the same time, there's some there's some things that are lacking. I Jimmy Garoppolo what I say I mean, is Nick Mullins under- ranked very high in yards per attempt. I'm just saying, keep going. Sure. No, I mean the, the whole underrated, I don't know if I would say he's underrated. I think he's he's over there's there's the negativity might be as yeah, the criticism negativity might be a little over the top, but I don't think he's necessarily underrated. I think people who 
you know, I, I think most people would say he's a starting quarter level quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know how much I think there's just Jimmy fatigue go. in the Bay Area. It's like enough. It's been five years. I've seen him throw the interception to the linebacker. You're like, let some some other team root for this guy. Please. Maybe if he I think some some other team, if he goes to another market, they could appreciate him. But I think it's some people have just had enough. And maybe <laughs> a national reporter like Colin Cowherd doesn't understand that because he clearly doesn't watch the Niners play. But us, and at least me, I think part of the allure with Trey Lance is it's going to be the opposite. And I'm here. I'm in for the opposite. Please. Yeah, it, it's going to be different. It's gonna, yeah. You're going to have the the explosive plays are most like mostly going to come from the quarterback position. I think that's Thank the you. expectation of the team as they move forward. And if Trey Lance isn't the guy, then the search continues. <laughs> Joe, last last point is that you know Joe Burrow made some mistakes in the playoffs too, but he's just a winner. Joe Burrow's quarterback rating in the playoffs was 97. He threw five touchdown passes and two interceptions. I don't know what the hell Coward's talking about. He made some points. But, um, man, yeah. underrated? You know, okay, I see what you mean. To me, you, I want to – Wentz. Wentz is underrated to me. That guy legitimately has a good TD to INT ratio in his career. He actually he, – he has the reputation of being a, a bad decision maker. Yeah, I, I think the difference with, with Wentz and, and Garoppolo is that Garoppolo throws more interceptions and things like that, but, but Wentz just seems to throw them in really critical times that just kind of kill you. You know, uh, he did, he, we, yeah, yeah, he has. Well, yeah, you go back to Tennessee Jimmy and things that. like that. The, no, I, know. I think the thing with Wentz is that he missed the playoffs this year and he lost to Jacksonville. We yeah, he was right there. And, and was right. you know, shoot, they should have lost. He should have lost to the 49ers, too. There was a couple, you know, he tried to throw. He had four passes in, in the first half that he tried to throw interceptions on. He finally threw one. I think they yeah. rolled it as a fumble instead. But, yeah, no, I just it's, it's an interesting one. I, I think he's. The stuff with the, some of the stuff that Coward was saying, I I just feel is way off the way off the, the the mark. To me, it just felt like, and I, I don't know, but it just felt like he got like an email or a text from Don Yee. Don Yee being like, "Here's why I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the un- most underrated player in, in the league." Six points, and Colin's like, "Okay, <laughs> it's five of six. Like, okay, all right, man. We we'll just bring Don Yee on the show next time and let him lay out the case for his client." I don't know. Yeah. Justin Lomker says, does Bosa contract talk say something about Debo not going to play for the Niners? Can't pay both. And defense is where the Niners pay people. Can they not pay both? I mean, they're going to, they're going to pay both. They just, they can't do it right this minute, but they're going to pay both. Both these guys are going to get done. I've I've always felt that the Bosa deal was going to get done next year. And Samuel would get done this year just because of what Bosa's family history has been. So I think he's going to get done next year. Niner Nation says, GC and Hammer, let's go. Love the content. GC, are you ready to cover the most exciting year ever? Getting there. Trey is about to light the NFL on fire. Play five. Pay 19. Yep. That was that was inspirational. I'm juiced. Niner <laughs> fans are ready. Okay. Over the weekend, uh, a rumor report emerged that the, that the Giants would be willing to kick the tires for Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you see them as a serious, as serious suitors for Garoppolo? You know, I would say with Garoppolo here to the Giants, I think he's – It's my feeling there is kind of the same as with Seattle. He's better than what they have on their roster currently. He's better than Daniel Jones. I think he's better than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he'd be a better – he'd better be a better fit for them. Uh, as far as serious suitors, I, I think the Giants fall under that category. Of, that's an area that – a team that might pick him up if he's uh, released. Yeah, I agree on that one, but it just seems like – it's it's Dayball's first year as the head coach there. 
why would you bring in 30-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo coming off an injury to be your quarterback? I mean, there's no pressure on you to win right away. Uh, presumably you got the job because you said something in your interview about what you could do with Daniel Jones. I mean, wouldn't you want to give him one more chance, see what you can do with him? And if he's not the guy, draft someone young next year. I mean, I just, to me, Jimmy is more like a, the kind of guy you bring in if your job's on the line, you know, like, man, I need a winning, I need to get to the playoffs this year. Damn it. It's like, I'll go get Jimmy Garoppolo. That makes sense. Like you're one of your tenure, man, just there's no pressure on you. Why would you do But I, I don't know. Maybe I, they also signed Tyrod Taylor this offseason, who to me is a good backup quarterback, but maybe they want a starter. Yeah, no, Garoppolo would make sense, more sense for a team like Seattle or, or Cleveland, a team that, you know, I know Seattle, a lot of folks don't look at them as being very solid, but I think they're they're usually better than 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 people feel. Uh, last year, you know, without without Russell Wilson, they were they lost a little bit more there. They did sweep the 49ers last season. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I think I think a team that, that's in a more of a win now mode makes sense. So Seattle, Cleveland, that's kind of why I felt like Carolina would have made sense for him, too. Yeah, um, I look, if the if the Browns don't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo getting dealt anytime soon. I think teams around the league are calling the Niners bluff. And when you hear about his interest, that's teams basically saying any day now, the Niners going to cut him. So I, I think the Niners are stubborn enough to dig in and not cut him, especially if the Browns don't come through. They could see it as, look, we already I mean, we have the cap space. We got Jed's blessing. If we hold on to him, there's always a chance that a team gets a quarterback injured and Jimmy gets dealt. And if we hold on to him throughout the whole season, a third round comp pick, baby, those are great. Amber <laughs> well, Thomas. Well, the third round. Great. The third round comp pick that depends on them not signing anybody in free agency too, right? That's the the whole thing there. But yeah, well, no, they, I, they didn't find a whole lot of anyone this year. No, they didn't. They didn't. I, it's a it's a you know at this point right now, from a football standpoint, again, it still makes sense to keep Garoppolo. But I don't think it. This is just a weird one because if they're if they think that he's going to, I think the hard the thing here is if the 49ers don't release him, the Niners don't trade him. Does Jimmy Garoppolo show up? Does he finally stop being a nice guy and just not show up? I don't think he will. I think he's, I think his whole brand is I'm the pro I'm the nice guy. I, I would be shocked. It's like, dude, what did the Niners do to you? That was so bad. They gave you a hundred million dollars. And now they're, now they're going to give you $27 million to be a backup. My heart goes out to you. Why don't you just show up and do your work? You'll be free in a year. I'm sorry. Players yeah. have had to go, have had to go through worse than what Jimmy Garoppolo has been. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. I mean, from a, from a football standpoint, you bring him in, you let him go. I mean, right now, the 49ers have already spent all the money. They're not going to be bringing in, you know, they don't. They're not somebody that they're all going to all of a sudden, other than than seat than Debo and and uh, and uh, Nick Bosa. There's not all of a sudden somebody they're going to give all this money to. So they're they're pretty much set right now. It's so it, it's a it's a tough one. I, okay. I I do kind kind of agree with you. Yeah. So I don't. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this team, maybe inactive, maybe in bubble wrap, but I think they're just going to hold out for opportunities to trade him. If I'm wrong and they get rid of him, maybe the Browns come through. Maybe they just cut him. Do you think they need another quarterback to back up Trey Lance or is a Lance Sudfeld Purdy quarterback room good enough? Yeah, do the, yeah. Your, the answer to the question is yes. If they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, they need to bring somebody in. I think, Man. I don't think that, that Nate Sudfeld is, is a guy that you expect to go out and win games for you. And, Thank I you. don't think Brock Purdy is either. I think I think um, moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo and having those other two guys puts you right back to where you were in 2020, uh, yep. 2018, and 2017 in terms of the quarterback room. 
Trey Lance is going to be really good, but if some if something happens to him, they don't have anything around him. They can't win. No. And last year, you know, they got to the playoffs because their backup quarterback won a game week 16, week 17 that they had to have. Uh, I don't know that they could do that with Nate Sudfeld. I mean, Nate Sudfeld's never started a game. He came in in relief one time, and the next week his coach got fired. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I like that they like him, but it's not based on anything tangible from a game. So, yeah, it seems to me that if they want to trade with the Giants, the Giants call them up and they're interested, I think a cool trade would be Jimmy for Tyrod Taylor. Maybe some picks involved as well. But Tyrod Taylor is the backup they should have got. The Niners should have got this offseason. If the Niners had gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo in March, everyone was saying, Tyrod, I mean, he's, he's got the connection with Anthony Lynn and he's a perfect fit with Trey Lance. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd be cool with that. Yeah, if or you know, send send Jimmy Garoppolo for Tyrod Taylor and maybe a, a late round pick in twenty twenty four, like what we've already seen happen. Sure. Yeah, um, not sure that'll happen, but I'm just trying to think of creative suggestions for John Lynch because I feel like he's stuck and I'm tired of this. But at the same time, the drama is great. Yeah, because if, if Garoppolo is not going to be here, I, I do agree with you. I do feel like they need to add to the the quarterback room because I I'm not confident in the other two. Yeah, and you know, as much as 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 confident as we are in Trey Lance. He did get hurt twice last year. And yeah. it's not like a Trey Lance issue so much as it's been a Niners issue. Like all their quarterbacks have gotten hurt at one time or another. They don't put much emphasis in pass protection. They do run the ball a lot, but Trey's part of that. So, yeah, they might want to get a better backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting stat I was looking up. Dead money. So the Niners don't have much. It's about $6.7 million. But D Ford's still on the roster. That's $6.9 million. Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. It's about $27 million. And although Jimmy and D Ford could get cut before the season starts, it doesn't seem like the Niners are going to use that money. They, they could roll it over. But that's essentially $40 million that they could have used this year and aren't using. That's one of the that's one of the main reasons I'm lukewarm on the team and the offseason in general. That, I guess that little fact right there. They could have done more. Uh- yeah, I went. I went back and looked. The uh, there was two teams that made the playoffs in NFC last year that had more than forty million. Because you sent this over to me, so looking at it, there was two teams that had more than forty million. The Super Bowl champions. Yeah, one had forty nine million. That's that's the big rub. That's the rub here. It's 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 not like all hope is lost because the Super Bowl champion Rams had forty nine million in unused dead money last year. A lot of it was Jared Goff. It's not the end of the world. And if Trey Lance can play like a top ten quarterback, the Niners will be Super Bowl contenders. Absolutely. Um, but if he's like the fifteenth best quarterback, and then this some this, some of this stuff could come into play. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you because I think yeah. if you look at if you look at the 49ers and the Rams, and you look at their rosters, the, the roster for the Rams last year is very similar to the 49ers makeup this year. Even mm-hmm. last year they were. Um, it's just about the quarterback play. That's the difference between these two teams. And if if Trey Lance can be the quarterback, the 49ers expect him to be. Uh, then then you know they're going to give the Rams a run for their money, in my opinion. Yeah, and what's I think what's really encouraging about this Niners team is despite this stat here, they really do match up well with the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, the best team in the league has a real tough time with the 49ers. And the only time the Rams beat the Niners last year, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter and they squeaked out a three-point victory. I mean, it was as close as close could be, and that's the only time they won. Um, so if then if if Trey Lance is big an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo as I think, Niners are in business. I guess I'm just 
a little, little doing a little hand wringing right here because this offensive line. I've never heard of Jake Brendel. I've never actually seen him play football in a real game. So I, I don't know what to think. Uh, also, Aaron Banks, I have no idea what to think there. But yeah. I guess if those guys are solid, this team could be the best team in the league. I, we could see. We'll see. Well, and and Michael Gunchy coming back from the injury, we don't know. We haven't we seen him on the. We haven't seen him back on the field yet. Is he going to be ready to go week one? There's there's a lot of question marks that are that are there. I think they can work around some of them. But to say there's question marks up front is uh, is is uh, appropriate there. because there are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Irfan Mirza says Parag will probably use Debo's Madden rating, Madden rating against him. It really feels like the whole NFL world is like ruled against Debo Samuel this offseason. It's like, you're not as good as you think you are. Sorry, Debo. Maybe next year. It's pretty rough. I mean, he had a great year, but – and maybe it doesn't matter what position he plays, but it's just the fact of the matter is running backs get paid less than wide receivers, and a large part of his skill set is running back. And once you take that away, I'm, I'm just saying, like, of the top 10 wide receivers in the league, he's in there. He drops the most passes. He's got to fix that. Yeah, no, that's definitely something he needs to fix. And this, you know, the top 10, this whole thing with him, it's it's funny because, you know, the, the guy up in, out in Cincinnati, uh, he didn't make it into the top 10 either. And I thought, he, I think he's just as good, if not better, than uh, than uh, Debo last year. Yeah, you could argue that Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel are the two most dangerous weapons in the league, and they didn't make it. How did Jamar Chase not make it? How? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That might what, be my favorite wide receiver in the league right now. The only thing that I can I can think of for both those guys is that there's not enough of uh, of a track history track record there to yeah. to kind of get there. It's like you need to work your way up there. I mean, it took Trent Williams until this year to become what ninety nine, right? So maybe maybe that's part of it. I mean, he did drop some passes too, Chase. I guess both him and uh, Debo have had some some drop issues, but more Debo than Chase. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Last topic. Will Jason Verrett make this team? Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one because I'm I'm going all over I'm back and forth on this one because if, if he's healthy I can see him making it but we haven't seen him on the field since week one when he got the, when he was injured uh, and now he's back with the, with the team but I, I have a feeling that this is a, a situation where Verrett might not make the 53 man roster he might just end up on on their pup list early on in the season and that, I don't think he's going to make the team out of training camp let's put it that way what do you think Yeah, I feel like he's I agree with you 100%. I think he's going to be on the pup list. The Niners, I think, are committed to him. He's sort of in their family. He's, you know, he, he loves football. He's not asking for a lot of money. He just wants to be there. And there's a lot of guys like that in the Niners, like Jordan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Came in the league right around the same time as uh, Jason Barrett. Had some really good years. Not what he used to be, older. But the, every year the Niners are like, hey, you want to come to camp? You want to try to be a tight end? You want to be in the practice squad? You want to? Hang out? You want to go to Cabo? Like we love you, man. <laughs> and when you're done, you can be on our on our on our coaching staff. I would guess. I feel like Jason Verrett's in like that, and I don't think they're just going to cut him. I think, hey, man, you want to keep rehabbing? You want to keep trying? Sure, you're with. And if you can come back midseason, great. If you come back next year, great. I think that's how they feel. Yeah, that's how. Same here. I think he's a guy who, you know, you start to look at their roster. They have a lot of good defensive backs. Again, they brought with Charvarius Ward in there, and you know, the, the question is, do you. Do you, do you want to have him take a, a spot and and lose a guy like Tariq Castro Fields, who you think might, who maybe you think is going to be a player for you down the road long, longer term, or Diamondor Lenore, uh, those types of players? Do you do you want to risk those guys? And I don't see them wanting to make those that risk for for a guy who is older, injury concerns, although he's a, a really good player when healthy. 
also like they tried to get him up to speed in 2019. He didn't practice much that year. They put him in as a backup and he was roasted by Deontay Johnson against, and they never played him against. Then in 2020, he practiced all off season. He wasn't super aggressive in practice, but he was there and then he played great all year. So it depends like how much does he actually do in training camp? Is he there every day practicing it? it in which case, like, let him on the team. <laughs> he might be your best player. If not, like, then just don't rush it because this guy's been, you know, re-injuring himself constantly his whole life. It's his story. Yeah, that, that's that's his whole NFL career has been about injuries. Because yeah. when he's up, when he's those couple of years that he's been healthy have been top notch, and so it's it's a tough one. And I agree with you. I think he is a, like a 49er family guy. They they all seem to like him. All the players on the team seem to like him, and and. Uh, so I think they want to keep him around the team somehow. I just don't know if he makes the 53 right away. I think he's from Fairfield. I think his family's from around here. I think if he were, were to retire, he'd probably stay around here. So it makes a lot of sense. And also, I think uh, that year in 2020, that was the best cornerback play I've seen on the Niners since Dion and Eric Davis. I thought he was that good. Maybe not as good as Dion, but I thought he was like better than Carlos Rogers, um, Tremaine Brock. Richard Sherman thought he was really, really freaking good. And I think he was the biggest reason that the Niners had a top five defense, more so than Fred Warner, who was an all pro that year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Pulling for Jason Verrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, 808 Niners says, name the quarterbacks you think porn star Jimmy is better than. The thing they have in common is they got drafted to bad franchises and they're all more talented than PSJ. Where would PSJ be if he didn't get? See, that's an interesting question to me because i do feel a lot of his mystique nationwide is the fact that he was drafted by the patriots he sat in the bench a long time like aaron Rodgers, and he was groomed by tom brady what if he'd been drafted by the browns and had to start right away like colt mccoy mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah no he was he, you're right i think that's that's true with a lot of quarterbacks the ones that get a yeah. chance to sit on the bench a little bit sometimes it, it helped i think it's 50 50 between starting and, and playing right away as far as what happens in the in their career um boy this is a tough one i'd have to go think think about this when i look at all the quarterbacks on the you know around i i, I would say right now just in the let's let's go through the nfc west he's, he's better than uh he's better than what they have in seattle right, right? um in the uh, NFC East, I, I've already mentioned, I think he's better than Wentz. I don't know about anybody beyond that. Jalen Hurts, he's okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's once you get like past the 15th best quarterback in the league, and I think Jimmy's below that. I mean, uh-huh. you really have to make a decision like, do you want this limited veteran with no upside or do you want this unproven young guy with upside? I mean, it's like you, it's you're making a, a choice. You're not getting a pro bowler one way or another. So what, no. what do you want to roll the dice with here? Right. That's no, what I look at. That's no, I, I, think, I think I think he's a he's a guy who right now is a is a uh, lower tier starting quarterback. You know, in the twenty to thirty two range, who you would want to bring in if you're going to get a young quarterback to kind of keep your team competitive for a year or two. Yeah, and if uh, you need to win some games in the regular season and you think you can protect him, then great. Yeah, if you think I mean, you have you know a defense and you know a running game that can kind of protect him a little bit, and you can, you know, you just need a guy who who can make some plays for you. I think, you know, he he can do that. I think. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that a big reason he started last year is because Kyle Shanahan's win loss record was so bad that he couldn't afford to have the growing pains year with Trey Lance. Then he needed mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo to rehabilitate his win loss record a little bit. Now he feels like he can uh, 
hey, I made the playoffs last year. You know, I can, I'm good, right? You're not going to fire me if we go seven and 10, right? Right? Yeah, right. That, that, that could be part of it. I I think that it's about getting Trey Lance comfortable in the NFL. And, and I, I'm looking forward to what Trey Lance is going to do. I think that you can go back. You can, you can, you can feel that Garoppolo had more positive than negative stuff last year, but also be happy with uh, excited for Trey Lance coming up this season. Sure. Absolutely. And to, to this uh, comments point real quick, when he says, you know, where would he be if he didn't get drafted by new England? There is a certain mystique when you get drafted by the Patriots, especially that position. Like, Oh, Belichick saw something in him. <laughs> Belichick sees something. I mean, you get drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Like no one's impressed. You get drafted by the Detroit lions. No one's like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know who the general manager is there. So it, it's just, it's a leg up. And then you don't play for three years. Like who that, knows? You might be good. Although it didn't exactly, it's not helping Jordan love over in green Bay. The reports aren't great about Jordan love. The Patriots yeah. did a really good job of concealing all the stuff that Julian Edelman and Martellus Bennett apparently felt about him. That didn't come out until late. Right. And I think the other thing too, is when, when the fires made the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I remember one of the arguments against Garoppolo being that the, the guys that had been backup quarterbacks prior to Jimmy Garoppolo did not succeed in the NFL. True, and, and so that was one of the one of the, the things that the people that weren't uh, excited about it were, were pointing to. Yeah, I mean, look, it was Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, uh, hadn't ever worked out, and then Jimmy Garoppolo for a while looked like he was going to buck that trend. Now he could be a backup quarterback this year. Who knows? the The life and times of Jimmy Garoppolo are quite quite intriguing. Maybe <laughs> he'll get the last laugh. That would be interesting too. It's crazy because he's he, whatever we we say about him, that the numbers are the, the the win. The record is the record, and the record when Jimmy Garoppolo starts is so much different than than when he doesn't. But it's I think it's mostly because the guy, other guys that they've had at that position haven't been starting the right. quarterbacks. Right. You know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup this year to Trey, and Trey wins a lot this year, that's really going to hurt Jimmy Garoppolo's stock because the number one thing going for him is he just wins. Well, if Trey wins, it proves your point that you just said. Well, it was really more the fact that Nick Mullins couldn't win and C.J. Beathard couldn't win and Brian Hoyer couldn't win. And we knew that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a lot's at stake for Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Trey Lance could really hurt that. I mean, what what what, what Stephen Curry did to Kevin Durant's legacy, that Jimmy Garoppolo could – I mean, Trey could do that to Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Yeah. yeah you think Jimmy's going to start? I, what's going to happen to Jimmy? Jack, it'll be hella fun. So I'll be on the street sometime, and I'll be at a bar, and someone be like, oh, Niner guy. Like, yeah, I'm Niner guy. And he'd be like, so what's going on with Jimmy this year? I'm like, man, you think if I knew, I wouldn't have reported that? Let me just tell you real quick off the record what's going to happen with Jimmy. So what's going to happen with Jimmy? I don't know. I wish I'd do, but I'll make a show about it tomorrow. Right, right. No, I, I yeah, I, I, I keep, I've been saying all offseason that I thought he was going to get traded. I think right now the way it looks, I'm going to be, I'm going to be flat out wrong on that one. I still think the Niners are counting on Cleveland. I think they're counting on Cleveland. They so, are. And again, if if it's a two-game suspension, Goodell could make that a 17-game suspension. He just has to be ready for the lawsuit because here's where he's gotten himself in trouble, and then we'll go. Mm -hmm. He's got like four or five different owners who are in, under investigation for similar things. Similar. Like that, Snyder, right? Um, terrible workplace habits. Uh, he, I don't even know the specifics, but a lot of sexist stuff and a lot of sexual misconduct stuff. Um, similar with Jerry Jones. Uh, then you got the Stephen Ross thing with the improper um, coaching hiring habits. Uh, Kraft 
had his own thing in, in Miami with the massage parlor. None of these guys have gotten in trouble. None of them have gotten in trouble. And they're supposed to be held to a higher standard. It's written in the bylaws. So now you're going to turn around and, you know, you're going to punish Deshaun Watson when you didn't punish owners. And he hasn't been even charged with the crime. And he settled all of his stuff. And he sat out last year. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's an interesting precedent you're making. So it's like he put himself in a tough spot by not doing anything with the owners. Had he done something with the owners, he could be like, no, I'm taking, I'm putting my foot down. But so this, this Judge Sue Robinson can be like, I don't see how you how we can punish Deshaun when the courts didn't and you didn't punish these owners. How? So I and that's a tough one, though, because if they don't punish Deshaun, do you understand how this country is going to react? How big of a story that's going to be? It'll be, it'll be, yeah, it'll, it'll be huge. And it, it's going to be, it'll, it's as you, as you pointed out, or you already kind of painted the picture all these other guys, the rich guys are, are, are I mean, just Deshaun Watson's rich because of the amount of money he makes, but the ultra rich guys yes. are all skating by. And then you got the, you know, the working class guy in the NFL, right. you know, is going to get hammered for it. That, that doesn't make sense. And, and I think that for the, the NFL is already dealing with this whole, you know, uh, you, you don't really care about, about right. the way that women are treated and those types of things. So already dealing with that. It's only going to get uh, made bigger with this. And why do you think Goodell hasn't done anything with these owners? Well, they're very powerful. And remember last year, all those emails that were going around, the only thing that came out was the stuff on Gruden. What kind of dirt do you think Daniel Snyder and some of these owners have on Goodell or each other? So if Daniel Snyder went down, you think he's just going to go down by himself? Or who you think he's going to take down people with him, including Goodell? I don't know. Makes you wonder when Roger Goodell does nothing, right? Yeah. Makes you wonder. So again, like Deshaun Watson, he could be looking at all this being like, okay, all right, let's see what you do. Cause I got an argument. I got a, I got a good lawyer. I got a good argument. You're not going to do anything with them. You're going to make an example out of me when an entire grand jury felt there was nothing. They, I'm not, you know, defending Deshaun Watson. What I'm saying is that the league has put itself in a bad position and they did this by making Goodell, the judge, jury and executioner. He yeah. is inconsistent in his rulings, and now it's coming to, to bite him. There's no way for losing here. You, you mentioned the whole email thing, and, and even John Gruden, he hasn't he hasn't taken that thing stand, sitting down either. He's fighting nope. back, and and that's going you know to trial, and and, and uh, they've it's already been pushed forward. So we know that 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 thing's going forward too. So it's definitely uh, definitely some some tough times I think for the NFL and for Goodell with this whole Watson piece. You know, a lot of people say Goodell's good for the league because the profits keep rolling in. But I feel like he's bad for the league because the story's all the national story about the league is always about him and what's he gonna do with someone who got in trouble or it's it, the story is always away from the field. It's always some drama that that he's right in the middle of. And I think that's terrible. He should do a better job of promoting the players and the product and the and the game and all of that. But it's always about this some case in court and or what's Goodell going to do this time? Like, I don't care. He's too, he's too important. He makes too much money. He's too famous. I don't, I don't like, I mean, it's not really controversial to say you don't like Roger Goodell, but I really wish they would get someone else. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, if if he's getting the credit for where the game is at right now, financially, I think that's a, that's a misstatement. I think the game's is that where it is just because of the popularity. It's just the most popular game that there is in in America. And that's why you've got so many, all these other little startup leagues trying to come up because everybody's trying to get a piece of the pie and you see the mess that's happening in college football. It's all about America's demand for football more and more and more. It's true. 
So if I were the NFL, what I would do is I would start a spring league and put it on the NFL network. I would watch that. But the teams wouldn't go for it, right? Because the players get hurt. I don't know. No, but they Larry Kruger, who you do a show with, he's yeah. he's talked about this for a long time. And he I think he's absolutely right. You have to have if the NFL wants to do it, they put on their own spring league. You have the San Jose 49ers, you have the yep. Henderson Raiders and whatever. Yep. You have all these local teams with their their practice squad, get those guys that you know whatever, even even guys like the USFL is taking. And I think if you put them in the NFL's uniforms and you put them out there during the spring, uh, people are going to watch it because they like looking at the helmets and the uniforms. Oh, yeah, and people follow the draft. And, I mean, one of my biggest videos in the offseason is the video, an article is about the, uh, the practice squad guys. Mm-hmm. People, if you're on the team, people are interested. At, so, I, at, I mean, like if Brock Purdy were starting games right now, people would be watching mm-hmm. that. I don't understand why the NFL leaves so much money on the table. It's crazy. Now they make a lot of money. Maybe that's why, but they could be making so much more. No, but if you could, if you could go the, say through the season and, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've, I know you've seen it. You know, everybody wants to know what's happening with Jason Poe. They all want to know what's happening with Donovan West. These are guys who likely aren't even going to make the team, but everybody wants to know about them. And, and if you had those guys on the practice squad and then they were playing games in the spring, people from those teams would be tuning in to watch those guys play. Right. And like in the past, there used to be two a days and so many more reps in the offseason to develop people, young players. And the vets, you know, basically legislated that out of the CBA. And that's fine if they don't want to be forced to practice. But you can't develop young guys in the NFL anymore. And if this is a quarterback driven league, which it is, it's in the it's in the NFL's financial interest to develop quarterbacks, young ones. And it's really hard to do that with limited practices like seven OTAs and an hour and a half a day, whatever you get in training camp. Yeah, this is in their interest. Yes, some people are going to get hurt. Players get hurt in the M- and minors too. Like baseball isn't nearly as lucrative as, as the NFL, but those teams really look at those pitchers, all those players as serious investments. They don't just draft them and put them in the majors. It's like, nah, you're going to ride the bus for like two, three years in minors, and we're really going to make sure you're ready till you come up because you're important to us. <laughs> you're an important investment. Like quarterbacks are like, hey, get it, go, buddy. Let's see what you got. Oh, you sucked after one year. Next. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're I mean, you're right. Look at okay, look at Daniel Brunsko, for example, right? The foreigners found right. Daniel Brunsko from the AAF. They also found a defensive lineman that year who was who played, I think, for him that, that year. It was really good in training camp. I don't know if he made the roster or not, but there was a couple of guys from that that made it. And I think if you if the NFL teams invested, there's just so much, not even just with the players, but also the coaches and you could really build a pipeline for your organization if you did it. And uh, I think the NFL is missing out on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Invest money to make money, NFL. God, how many times I got to explain this to them? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. Well, next time I see you, um, it might be at the Niners facility. Yeah, it's either going to be Tuesday or Wednesday for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Jack. Yeah. Make sure you Thanks. follow Jack on Inst- on Instagram, on TikTok. Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all the social medias. He has a YouTube. It's very good. Check it out. Yeah. YouTube and Twitter. That's where you can find me. Yeah, and, this, and the Press Democrat as well. That's right. Press Democrat.com. Yep. All right. See you guys.